Good morning, Vernon. Good morning, Devin. I guess we're kind of, we're almost to afternoon, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, actually we are. We're in the afternoon, yeah. Well, for you. For me, it's still the yeah. morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it's the morning after the U.S. And your, your favorite time of the year takes, a, takes another hit in the Olympics. Um, pretty unreal, man. I don't know if you... Uh, to lose to the French? Yeah, I don't know if you saw that, but that, it's pretty unreal. That they're how many how they've lost. I want to say like what three out of their last five games, something like that. Yeah, uh, I think it's actually exactly three out of five because yeah. they won. They won their last. Yeah, so so the two they won those last two. So yeah, lost the first. Yeah, and it's their first loss since two thousand and four, right? Um, mm-hmm. When they when they had the, the the bad team, their first like official Olympic loss, yeah. and uh, I. I guess the question that becomes is, is it the end of American basketball as the dominant feature in Olympic sports? And I, I would have to say it's not. That, that's my, my hot okay. take. Okay. You know, the hot take, of course, is, oh, it's the end of basketball. But my answer is like, man, you know how many years we're going to have to lose before we like are actually just an afterthought team? We're not going to be an afterthought team for 70 years. Even more, maybe. Even more, maybe. We're just going to continue to be a top three team, but we're no longer going to be the dominant only force that matters in Olympic basketball. Those days are over. Which I think it's actually is going to make the Olympics more exciting. Yes. For Americans. Because now, like, think, I always think about it, and I wasn't around for this, but what was it, the 70s when uh, the Flyers played, played, yeah, played the, um, who was it? Uh, Russia or something came to Philadelphia to play the Flyers, and they like beat. And you hear all of the pride in Americans, and especially Philadelphians' heart when they did sure. big beat, big bad. Was it Russia or Sweden? One of those teams, and yeah, whatever one it was, they. I don't they, know they, anything they about they hockey. Them up. I, just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just know that story, and that's and you see the photos today, and it's just like you see like the pride that it brings to everyone that that moment. You know, so I'm excited for it. Or what was it? Isn't it uh, the Cold War? Wasn't that um? Well, wasn't, I, wasn't I know that one. A, I know there's the you know the Miracle on Ice, right? So yeah, that's there, from the that Cold one. War, right? Wasn't that around the time? Oh yeah, it was the Cold War. Yeah, and it was that was like what it was. Bunch dangerous. of co- bunch of college yeah. kids beat beat like the USSR, which was impossible, and 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 then I think in the final, in the gold medal final, they beat Finland, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean. If anything, this speaks to how great the NBA is and, yes. how, and how international the NBA is. And how long is it before we have to start putting some teams on the European continent in order to, like, really hold the NBA together? Because, dude, the, the, the amount of players that are European that are just dominating Olympic basketball – and how about dominating the NBA, right? I mean, we just had a Greek player win in the NBA Finals – um, the much maligned Ben Simmons is Australian, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So, like, I mean, JoJo, I mean, I think JoJo thinks of himself as an American uh, in, in good part. Yeah, like sports, you know, wise, I, as, as far as, as, I, yeah, as far as he, basketball goes, yes. And I think, he's, I think he's aligned with American values, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think JoJo is like, yeah, I'm from Cameroon, but I'm an American now. You know, like, I think he's got that vibe as well. I could buy that. that that's definitely, I could buy it um, of that. 
Yeah, yeah. and I'm sure he's he proud had, of being from Cameroon say, as well. I'm not saying pro- he's not. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I'm saying I know what you're saying. You're saying like, especially from basketball perspective, like he's he's very much ingrained in the culture of America. Right, he's like, an American like, basketball player in a way that um, kind of like uh, uh, Patrick Ewing was. You know, that's what I'm trying a, a, to say. Elijahwan yes. was those guys. You didn't really think of them as you know basketball players from Africa. You know, like Giannis, you think of them as He's Greek, African descent, and from Greece. Yes, you know, but like JoJo and 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 like he's like an American. Dude, he plays he plays a ball like an American. Mm-hmm. You you think of him as American basketball player for sure. I totally yeah. agree with that. And like uh, uh, Luca, he plays ball like a European. Yes, I mean he's he he plays you know, a lot harder. Of, he's got more American style. Yeah, but he he'll, you, he's but but you think of his his game has I don't know. Luca might have American ball game. Well, because he's, he's a gun. Luca's a gun. Luca will shoot yeah. a million times. I think Luca <laughs> might fit more as Kobe than he does, you know, like Dirk Nowinski, like. I, I think Luca might be in him. I think there's a debate. I think this one should go to like basketball court or something. Mm. Do, do Americans accept Luca as a American basketball style player? I think he kind of fits somewhat in there. I mean, the offense runs through the offense runs through him. So theoretically, not, that's a very not American style, right? It's a very American not European style. At all. Sure. So I think he's adapted to like, and he did that when he was in Europe. Which they yeah. thought was like, which was crazy at the time. People didn't like it. Yeah. Yes. So it, it, you know, like he was a showboat. He was this. How about this? Here, here's here's what I pose. We'll move on to the book. NBA Europe. I'm got a gut feeling. Is there a way that the NBA somehow creates an entire NBA Europe league? Because the NBA is loved overseas, as great as some of the other. You know, uh, leagues are overseas. All those Tel Avivs and all of that over there are for their their countries, and they'll still exist. But imagine an NBA Europe. Well, and, I think- and at the end of the year, there's a big championship that NBA Europe champ plays like the NBA champ of the U.S. And then you get like a world, a true world champion. Well, like, I'd like to, I'd like I can to envision that. that. I can envision that. No time soon, but I can no, envision no, no. that. By the time by the time we're old men sitting in rocking chairs, um, yeah, I think we could see that. I, I'd like to see it. Uh, do you know much about soccer? No, but but I know there's that kind of global asp- aspect of soccer that I know Adam Silva wants to mimic for yeah. basketball. One of the things that soccer has that World Cup. Is well, sure they have that, they have all those things, and I think basketball is working that stuff out. The other thing that it has is it has this idea called relegation, right? So the top eight teams, or maybe it's twelve teams or whatever, they're in League One, and the next league down. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and so if you're the bottom two teams, you then go down a league, and if you're the top two teams of the next league down, you go up a league. So you're constantly in. You're constantly in peril. The season matters, right? If you tank, you tank out of your current league and into the league below you. And then if you tank two years in a row, you tank down two leagues. And then you need to win those leagues in order to tank back up, Mm. right? So, like, 
this idea, I love the idea of relegation in basketball would be so good. And to, to just have the 12 best teams, period. And if you're an NBA player, you could theoretically get banked down to the next league. Or you could be the best player in the second league, but not in the top league. It would be, it'd be interesting. We, we'll maybe see that someday. And I think I, Silver wants to take it that way. Silver absolutely wants to mimic soccer and, or shall I say, you know, European football style um, in terms of how their league runs. He absolutely, he wants mid-season tournaments. He wants all of that. And I'm here for it all. Well, the, the other thing about that is that it makes it a lot easier to run like a, an annual sport, right? A sport that's just, it's constantly around. on. And the way you could do that is you can have, you know, this league's playing, this league's playing, this league's playing, this league has an all-star game in the middle. That, like, it, they, they all kind of can, like, sprint out that way. Yeah. And, man, I would love to see something like that. I wish. And, and last point on that, it would be soccer or football, it is a global sport. All the leagues intertwine except for what, like one pretty much? And that's MLS. And even you know? MLS, like those, that's really just a junior league to, yeah, to exactly. pull into. Those guys yeah. are, it's a retirement league for guys who can still yeah. sell a jersey. And it's yeah, a yeah. junior league for guys that are going up. So, yeah. but the which pros, is a nice slot yeah. for MLS to find. Sure. But the idea that they're all the, the highest level of the sport is all intertwined. Like they're all like they know each other. They're all they're all like aware of each other. They're all you know what I mean? Like how many NBA guys can tell you who the best players in the world are that aren't in the NBA? They yep. pro- like not unless you're probably LeBron because he's just you know, just like filthy. he's got an army yeah. of people that do nothing but watch yeah. basketball video yeah. to be like, Hey, this guy can't take it when you go to the left. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like most of these guys, like they don't look at the Euro Euro leagues as like equal. This is why they get their behinds whipped when they go into the Olympics like they are now. You know, so I would love to see that. I'm here for that. Speaking of a startup, you know, nice little transition here. Mm -hmm. We had uh, our first, um, into the first actual chapters of our book, The Lean Startup here. Lean Startup, uh, like, is just a a reminder, is a legendary book about how startups, how starting a business where you sort of think you know what you're going to sell, but you don't actually, is it, how that's different from just running a regular company. Uh, Lean Startup's like one of the very first and most important Chapter books nine. in that space. So Chapter we're nine. definitely going through that right now. Yeah. So that, that uh, yeah, I mean, you want to run now? What we got? We got chapters, chapters one through one, three, three, right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, it looks like, so we did part one. Chapters one, two, and three, and it's uh, the start, then define, and learn. Uh, what was your impressions of uh, start? So I, I love this book, and um, the thing that I love the most about it is that it really orients this idea. Um, it's funny before the show we were talking about where we used to work together, and in that business, the job is is not these things, right? It's not about starting or any of that it's about doing one thing exceptionally well because that thing is what really drives the business forward and in the concept of a startup much like we did with uh with the the traction book right you don't necessarily know where you're going so you need to 
do a thing and sort of get a signal and then push down that direction, right? And so this whole book kind of orients itself in that way. And in Start to Find and Learn, you know, he, he talks about like, you know, exactly what is a startup. And he, he really broadens the definition. Like you can have within a big company, you could have a startup. And you could have within a, you know, as a traditional startup, like it's just a company that's a, a little startup, but it's all about like, what are you looking to try to figure out and how are you getting there? And what are the signals that tell you yes and no? And so that's kind of all what we're talking about in this chapter. At least that, that was like, I, I don't know, this, this book gets me excited every time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I enjoyed the, also the learn chapter where he starts to tell you about like um, Intuit and he talks about Intuit, the, the tax, uh, you know, program that uh, TurboTax uses or I guess partnered with, right? Yep. And, and helping people, you know, do their own taxes and how, how that process started for them, you know, and how they started something where they saw this need, but there were all these other bigger companies out there that, uh, you know, were working on this thing as well. But they well, found and they were a, and they were part of a bigger company, right? Yeah, the, and and the, they found like a no. Go ahead. What were you, they? Yeah, there's just that the that was a like I kind of that was the slice of it that was really interesting. Is that there's yeah. this giant company TurboTax that had been around for what did they say twenty years or fifteen years or something? Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he slices out this one little portion just to work in California and just to do this one thing as like a mini startup, and they took the scope from big and TurboTax all the way down to one thing, which is. If you've been listening to the show since episode zero, hi, Mike, um, <laughs> right? He's, you started with, I want to have this giant business. And then you narrowed that all the way down to spices to get started so that you could have something that gave you some signal. You yes. did the lean startup principles from the very beginning. Absolutely. And that was, and that was the thing that I thought was, was dope about it is that, you know, he even talks about, you know, in the beginning, how money and he, and he doesn't say specifically money, but how successful the product is, it's almost, it, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like he says, you got all, all these companies that, I guess for one of the companies he was with, there was this big investment that was put into, you know, this new product that they're coming out with. And he's like, really, at the end of the day, they put all these resources in, come to find out the product does not do anywhere near what the projected numbers were. And he was like, truthfully, what he did do is he got an opportunity to learn. And it was like, that was more valuable than anything. But what he really felt, really realized was he could have did all of this learning, the same amount of it, even if he attempted to put out a product that he didn't actually, you know, produce. You know what I mean? Like, like just, just the steps and the opportunity to learn just through going through that process and not putting the value or the expectations on how great this product is supposed to be or has to be. You know, it, it was something that was just like right on point with people who are starting things, getting to, like we started, getting away from results and just doing the steps and putting in the practice and the work and learning from it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and trying to hear some, trying to hear something and realize something. So the, uh, for me, the lean startup that I'm on right now, right. Is I'm building this new little Shopify app and we'll see how it goes. Um, Shopify just changed a whole bunch of stuff. They're like doing version two of a bunch of different things. So I have to like kind of learn some stuff along the way. So it should be fun. 
but the app that I'm building is essentially as a result of our show, right? Like you're on this, I, I was on the, I was on the website the other day, check, checking you guys out. Um, you can go to 2400 the movement and buy spices if you want. Um, but I, I went to, uh, I went to, to, to buy a friend of ours, um, a six pack of spices and send them out to him. And I was on the website and I was like, you know, there's, there's these times where we'll be on the show and we'll talk about one of the spices in particular. And I was like, it'd be good if Vernon could put that podcast episode into the page so that somebody could mm. see or listen to Vernon talk about that. And I was like, so maybe I'll build that app. So I was like, all right, I'll build that app. So there's like a bunch of different interesting things that I'm taking away from this lean startup idea, right? So first things first, I'm going to build the simplest version of this app that I can possibly build, mm, I, which is just, Hey, just make that show up on a, a page. Like that's all I'm going to build. I'm not going to build anything else. I'm not going to build anything cute. I'm just going to build a way for him to put it on a page and it'll be that simple. And then I'm going to see what happens. Right. Mm. And the likelihood is, is that nobody's going to sign up for it or maybe 20 people sign up for it or whatever the number is. But Who then cares? I can figure out from there, I can use that learning to see, is there a lane here? Is there something here? And just like you said, like, I think he said that, that his company did $300 million in sales, which to us sounds like a lot, but TurboTax does like 47 billion in sales every year. So doing 300 million is like a rounding error. You know, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about the Zappos uh, story he told about how the, the guy who started Zappos literally went to a shoe store, took a picture of a shoe, and the beginning of Zappos was one shoe that he yep. posted. And then he someone bought it online, and he went back went to, to the store. store and bought the shoe and then shipped it to him. And that was the beginning of Zappos. And now look at Zappos. And that goes back to right that goes right to your to your point about like it's a spice, right? Like I'm going to start at spices. I'm going to I'm going to have a thing and then we're going to do this repeatable thing until we start building a thing. And like, you know, that's a pretty great way to figure out how this whole thing works. Yeah. You just got to be open. You can't, it can't be about money. It can't be, you know, and it can't be the number one thing can't be about money. You know, your measurement of success has to be about growth because growth, if you're growing, you're getting better period. Anytime you grow, you get better. And as long as you have continual growth, then eventually the money and all of that's going to come. But without growth, you're not going to, you don't get money. You, you, even if you, if you're not growing and you hit a certain point of money and you stop growing, then the money stops growing. You know what I mean? If you, if you're a person who's about the money. So the biggest thing is to, you know, keep growing. Yeah. And then I, I was, it's interesting. I was listening to a podcast about this and they were like, what kind of business do you want to build? Right. Cause there's lots of different kinds of businesses, right? There's maybe you want to just mow lawns and have a good business mowing lawns and pay your bills and pay a mortgage and all that stuff. Running a landscaping business. Maybe you want to have 25 landscaping trucks. Those are very different businesses. Right. And then that goes back to kind of like this whole idea of like, once you're in one and you get to that growing period, you can figure out what, but first you need to have a thing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think, I, I don't know, maybe, it, maybe we're dancing around and saying the same thing, but I, th I think that's like the key is like, first you need to figure out how to be alive, how to have yes. a business that's alive. Yeah. And then once you have a business that's alive, you could be in the interesting spot that you're in. I guess this could lead to a, our weekly updates, which is like, all right, we have a business. We figured out that we can make money, the three of you. So what now? 
Exactly. <laughs> no, that's it. That's it. You nailed it. Have your thing and then grow it. It's yeah. pl- it's it's it's, it's agric- agriculture at its best, man. Plant a seed and grow it. Yeah, but first you need to make sure the seed grows because if it doesn't, if it doesn't start, then you know. Yeah, I guess that's no, the difference. Like you got first, you got to see does it start? Oh, it starts. Okay, now I can figure yeah, out. There you go. Yeah. What to do with it? Yeah, so. exactly. You know, or you might find out, hey, the soil's terrible here. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me get my seed back and go find somewhere else. Right. You know what exactly. I mean? So yep. it's so it's all about it's that that's it that's growth. You know, so that's what it sums up sums down to or comes down to. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man. So so. How's your week? How, how has the development of that app been going? It's good. I got down like a framework for what I'm going to do. I have all like the ideas basically written down and figured out. Um, and I just started the the like actual software development side of stuff. Okay. Um, yesterday. So it, literally all I did was like portion everything out and set everything up. So, you know, I'll hopefully start making like actual development progress on that. Um, and I have like some ideas for how to try to, uh, you know, keep track of the, the story so that I can remember like what were the struggles and things that I worked on along the way so that I can kind of like build in public and like much like you're building in public by doing the, the spices and telling everybody, like, I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> figuring it out, like posting yeah. on Facebook. I've seen those posts and some, you know, the first one that you ever did compared to now, it's a big difference, right? Yeah, for um, sure. And so, like, I'm kind of got some ideas about how to work that in there, too, and sort of put that all together. Um, so it should, should be interesting. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, but, you know, it, it's a straightforward app. There's nothing, like, too technically tricky. So that's that's good. Um, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds so good. I, how, about, how about you? And uh, what are you yeah. guys working on? Yeah, so we're, we're finishing, finalizing the last seasoning here. So we got a taste test still. We we I ended up being away, so we had to postpone our original taste test. But we're doing a taste test on the last seasoning. It's gonna be some form of a jerk seasoning. I don't know if you're a jerk seasoning guy at all. Of course. But uh yeah, so we gotta see. I actually been playing around with the seasoning and and, and I made a jerk chicken cheese steak, which was crazy. That's um, like something I would eat. Yes. And then I made a jerk chicken and waffles, which was crazy. So I've just been playing around with jerk seasoning and basing it and using it in all the American ways possible. You know, <laughs> it's pretty much all I've been doing. You know, I've been doing like just jerk seasoning and everything. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm finalizing that. And then we made a, a decision as a group to take a step back from the creating of the seasonings for a while and dropping them. And basically from here from now until the end of the year we're going to basically call this year uh we developed nine products and we're going to sit at nine for the year focus on marketing those products and just strengthening up that side of things because i i can make seasonings all day um but at this point we need to get back into the marketing side of things start discussing the cookbook and the realistic possibility of that and just all the other little things that that we can do um, as far as more about less about the product creating part and more about the branding side of the business. Sounds like lean startups coming in right in time for you guys. Is you did, you it found, ever, you found man. a little bit of lane. You found out that you can make seasonings and sell them hand to hand for mm-hmm. sure online a little bit. And you found out that you can throw catering events people and, yep. and sell they, to food. you. 
Man. sell food to your medium market, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. that is. A little, little bit of hot market, a little bit, a little bit of warm market, and a little bit of uh, some new people introdu- yeah. introduced along the way. So, you guys learned a lot. Yeah, don't forget. And now also, you got to figure out where to go. We we learned that people we can make recipes through this seasoning that, that people literally take for. two second, two steps to make and are, you know, dummy proof. Like you can't over season with any of our seasonings because none of them are salt based. So, you know, like you can make some more spicy. That's about it. You know, you can make something spicier, but you can't, you know, outside of that, you can't like overdo it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's balanced. And then we have some recipes that like are pretty simple that people are able to recreate and have it taste exactly like it tastes when they tried it from us. So, that's Elaine as well. Like there's this, you know, component of like cooking empowerment, I guess, that we can offer people is also. Man, there's a, there's a lot of directions. Yeah, you I guess you call it culinary empowerment. Yeah, yeah you, I'm going to see it too. I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going to see. And, and we're, we're going to see meaning the audience and also 2400 because we have no idea. Also, we got the community aspect of it that we still haven't even talked That's just like... It's there, and it's the we know, and we know that it exists, and we know that we've already had a hundred. I had at least ten people, you know, already asked me like, "Hey, how'd you do it? I wanted to do something like this and that." So, like, we also have the we went through this process. We have a little bit of knowledge of how to get to here, and we have people willing to listen and wanting that information as well. So, yeah, there's a lot, and the lean startup is perfect timing. So from here until January. We'll be listening to books that uh, are basically around starting up a business and branding it. Love it. Yeah, and that's what we're going to be listening to on the show, too. So you guys exactly. are going to get a double dose. That's exactly what we're doing. Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. The, right. uh, there was an interesting uh, piece, of, piece of question that came up. So my buddy Mike is looking to do some audio recording. What do you think about an outro for the show? I like that. Let's do it. <laughs> all right there we go mm-hmm. i think we're gonna end up trying that out uh getting mike to record like some kind of outro let him figure it out and then I we'll drop that. it in at the end of some shows and see how that goes because um, yeah he was trying it out and he was like because he's he's a voice actor he's actually really good if you if you listen to him he's got like his voice is like super crisp and clean so oh, that's awesome tell yeah. mike thank you and let's go i'm i'm down yeah. i'm all so we, down. that's where we got two mics that listen to the show now yeah, we got to interview Mike as well. <laughs> we'll get him on the show. There you go. Set it up. So, um, yeah. So, in the meantime, before we have Mike doing an outro, Vernon, <laughs> where can people usual. find us? They <laughs> <laughs> can sign us at the website first, theprocessisblackandwhite.com, and then go to social media and check out uh, any one of our platforms by searching The Process is Black and White. All right. Talk to All you right. next week. Yep. You got it, bro.